0: Episode 862. The dominoes are starting to fall as the Packers prepare to replace Aaron Rodgers in house. We evaluate the options with Nathan Yonke of ProFootballFocus.com. It's all coming up on Railbird Central next. <laughs> Packers fans, and welcome to Railbird Central at Cheesehead TV, the longest tenured Packers podcast on the internet. I'm your host, Brian Caravu, and today we're talking about how the Packers are replacing Aaron Rodgers. To do that, we've got a guest joining us on the phone. Baltar, find me another expert, one that likes me this time, okay? We're joined by Nathan Yonke of ProFootballFocus.com. Nathan, how you doing this morning? I'm doing well. well. How about you? Very good. We're glad to have you on the show as we do every Wednesday during the season with Nathan. Um, Nathan, uh, assuming that Aaron Rodgers' season is done... Can we take a look at his 2017 campaign thus far and see how worthy he was of the NFL MVP as several have suggested he'd be in contention? I know like the Las Vegas odds makers kind of placed him near the top. So how how did that shake out?
1: Um, at the moment, we have Rodgers sitting at fifth in terms of PFF rating for quarterbacks. So he's been having a very good season. I'm not sure if I would call him the MVP right now if the season ended today. Uh, for example, Tom Brady has been having a better season with more yards, uh, more yards per attempt, same number of touchdowns, fewer interceptions, and then he's also had fewer of his, or he's had more of his receivers drop passes. So um, his numbers could be even better if his receivers were helping him out a little bit more. So um, he looked great in the last three games, outside of this uh, last one where he just played a couple of snaps. Um, so he was on pace to continue to have a really good season, but. Um in Atlanta, he didn't look like himself at uh, the beginning of the Cincinnati game he was looking a little rough too so um if the season ended today, that's a significant part of his season that um he didn't look great in but um if he continued playing like he had in those uh past two and a half quarters or two and a half, uh, two and a half games, then uh he definitely could have been more in consideration there.
0: Yeah, suffice to say the Packers are going to miss him no matter whether he was the MVP or not. Uh Nathan, I don't know if you want to go back to his college days or when he's gotten extended time in the preseason, but I'm wondering if we can talk about Brett Hundley a little bit here and if you can give us a a reason for optimism and b a reason for concern uh about the Packers new starter.
1: Sure, I'll start with the reason for optimism, and that is for the majority of his career, he's looked very good when there's no pressure on him. Um, Going back to his college days, he had a 110.8 passer rating when there was no pressure on him. Um, As a rookie that first year in the preseason, uh, 144.3 passer rating with no pressure, so he's looked very good at times as long as the offensive line is doing their job. Um, A reason to not be so optimistic is In 2017, that trend hasn't held through Uh, so far in the preseason. His rating was down to a 93.5 without pressure um, against the Vikings, even though it was just a sample of 19 passes. So not huge, but passer rating of 43. And then he's consistently at each level of play uh, when there is pressure on him, um, hasn't performed as well, which is typical for a quarterback who's a backup, but We've seen at uh when he's in college, playing against college competition in the preseason against uh, backups as well. So um, it might struggle a little bit more against NFL starters under pressure. So I think a lot of the Packers' success over the coming months will come down to uh, the health of the offensive line and how well the offensive line can play, assuming Hundley continues to play as he has been recently.
0: Yeah, we saw the Vikings put a lot of pressure on him, and understandably so, via the Blitz this past Sunday, and you have to think that the Saints and and most NFL teams will do the same until proven otherwise. Um, Nathan, uh, now that Joe Callahan has been promoted to the 53-man roster, can you give us a little refresher on what we saw out of him the past two preseasons?
1: In 2016, he graded out well, although most of that came in the third preseason game against the 49ers, where he saw extensive time. Um, the raw numbers might not show it, since his uh, completion percentage yards per attempt didn't look all that outstanding, but um, out of the 34 incompletions he had that preseason, uh, six of them were intentionally thrown away, and other five passes were dropped, so um, if you account for those kind of things, his numbers look fairly good. Um, He looked good both with and without pressure that preseason, although he did take too many sacks. In 2017, we only saw 21 passes out of him, so uh, not much to take away out of that preseason, although um, his numbers looked a little worse there, and then he continued to take too many sacks. So um, not a huge uh, sample size of what we've seen out of him. Mostly one good game against the 49ers in 2016, but... Uh, that's what we have to go off of so far.
0: Fair enough. Um, Nathan, we've also got a new quarterback to talk about in Ger- Gerard Evans, uh, who the Packers signed to their practice squad on Tuesday. How did he grade out in his final season at Virginia Tech last year? Because I know he was the the starter uh, for one and only one season there. So how do he look?
1: Uh, Yeah, that was his only season of playing time, so he graded out as the 15th best Power 5 quarterback in 2016, so he graded out fairly well. Um, The one area where he really thrived was on deep passes. Uh, He had a 52.9% adjusted completion percentage on deep passes, so uh, completion percentage adjusted for drops and those kind of things, so uh, that was the second best among Power 5 quarterbacks last year uh, for those who had at least 50 deep pass attempts and that was only behind Baker Mayfield, so that's one area where he looked really good. Um, Outside of the deep passing, all of his numbers fell in line with what you would expect for a quarterback who's on a practice squad. All of them looked good for a college quarterback, but not great for a college quarterback, so it's really deep passing where he really stood out.
0: All right, we're talking with Nathan Yonke of ProFootballFocus.com here at RailBird Central on a Wednesday morning. Uh, Nathan, uh, getting away from the quarterback position here, for all intents and purposes, it looks like Quentin Rollins' season has come to an end when he was placed on injured reserve. Uh, To my eyes, I'd guess he graded out as one of the lower cornerbacks in the NFL so far this year, but how true is that?
1: Uh, you would be correct there. Right now he ranks as the 8th lowest uh, graded cornerback out of 114 qualifying cornerbacks. Um, he allowed 17 of 18 passes thrown his way to be cut, so uh, he wasn't doing a great job of preventing catches. Um, when he did allow a catch, there were times where he was able to make a play after the catch. Um, only allowed 9.9 yards per completion, which is decent for a cornerback. But then also had 6 missed tackles on both pass and run plays, so... While sometimes he was doing a good job after the catch, he was also uh, missing too many tackles, which uh, six right now is tied for the most for a Packers defensive player. So uh, while he did make some plays this season, I think he's yet to really live up to how well he was playing um, in his rookie season.
0: Yeah, uh, that is unfortunate for Quentin Rollins. Um, but uh, I think one of the silver linings to come out of the past week's game was the play of Lindsey Pipkins, who might see even more time now with Rollins out. So, Nathan, how did he look in his first NFL regular season action uh, on defense?
1: Uh, He looked fairly good. He allowed three or four passes thrown his way to be caught. Um, On the bright side, two of those three catches, he was able to make a nice tackle afterwards, one for a loss, one for sure gain. So um, even though it was a catch allowed, it was still a win for the defense. Um, on the downside, the one incompletion was due to a bad pass rather than good play out of him. So um, in the run game, he also had to tackle for a loss, even though he wasn't blocked. But uh, certainly better to have a tackle for a loss unblocked than no tackle for a loss at all. And then um, on special teams, he had a nice play there as well. So um, really, his only one poor play in the game. He was bailed out by Keenum throwing a poor pass.
0: Um, Nathan, if, if the Packers remain banged up in the secondary, what one of the players that they might be able to fall back on is Dimitri Goodson, who's now eligible to come off the pup list. Can you remind us how he fared last season?
1: Uh, he played in five games last year for a total of 182 snaps. Um, Also played a little bit in 2015, a couple more games, but only 75 defensive snaps there. Um, Over those two years, there's only been three games where he's been thrown at more than once. Um, In all of those games, his numbers didn't look all that good. Um, Also allowed an 83.3% catch rate, so was allowing a lot of passes, uh, 16.6 yards per catch and 155.8 passer rating allowed. Um those numbers are a bit skewed because there were a couple of big plays that he allowed and uh those inflate those numbers a bit, but um he didn't have a lot of good plays out for those big plays that he allowed. Uh one pass break up and one tackle for a short game last year, but those were his only real good plays out of it. So um even when he is good to go, I'd probably rather I would like to see Pipkins and Josh Hawkins get uh more opportunities than maybe see Goodson out there.
0: Uh, Fair enough. Uh, Finally here, Nathan, before we let you go, outside of Brett Hundley, which obviously everybody will be watching this upcoming Sunday, what's the matchup to watch against the New Orleans Saints?
1: I would say Kenny Clark against the Saints interior offensive line. Um, I know we talked about Clark last week, but Clark this past Sunday had what could end up being the best game of his career. Um, He had six run stops on 25 run plays and three hurries on 25 pass rushes. So um, the only other Packers defensive lineman in the past 12 years with six run stops in a game was Ryan Pickett in a game in 2010, and it took him 12 more run plays to get there. So uh, Clark was outstanding against the run this past week, and he improved his uh, pass rushing a little bit. So um, it was one of the best Packers defensive performances that we've seen over the last 12 years. And Mm. he'll be going up against some of the Saints interior linemen, Uh, Center, Max Unger, is well known, but uh, that's more for his pass blocking than his run blocking, and his run blocking has been in decline in recent seasons. And then the Saints replacement for Jahari Evans, uh, Larry Warford, uh, he hasn't been living up to the expectations for him so far this season. So I'd be interesting to see if Clark is able to uh, continue his great play against the run in this game.
0: I hope so. I hope it's not the best game of uh, Kenny Clark's career, uh, basically, meaning I I hope there's even better ones to come. But Nathan, thank you so much for joining us this morning. Greatly appreciate it. Excited to talk about the review of this game next week and uh, hopefully some good play from Brett Hundley. Thanks a lot.
1: Yeah, no problem. Thanks again for having me.
0: Take care. Nathan Yonke of ProFootballFocus.com, joining us here at RailBird Central on a Wednesday morning. Glad to have him join us. Glad to have you, the listener, join us as we continue on with the show. And yes, it's not lost on me that Nathan's call quality was not all that good. We're using Skype, and uh, I struggle sometimes with with Skype. I think the the quality of the the calls is better than making a normal phone call, but sometimes you you deal with the, the garbled sounds there. Uh, maybe we'll go back to using the phone with Nathan. We'll see. It's my fault, not his. Um, uh, You know, I wish you didn't have to hear that, but uh, sometimes we're uh, hamstrung by uh, our technological limitations. Anyway, moving on with the show. What the hell's going on out here? I'll try to tell you, Vince, in our Packers news segment and my commentary on it. We'll start with an update on Aaron Rodgers, which you've probably heard by now, but just in case Railbird Central is your sole source of Packers news, Packers head coach Mike McCarthy confirmed during his Monday press conference that Rodgers will require surgery on his broken collarbone. For what it's worth, however, no one has confirmed his season is officially over. As I suspected, the Packers can afford to take at least a couple days, maybe even more, to make a decision definitively about what they're going to do with Aaron Rodgers in the short term. Uh, They've made a couple roster moves to start replacing him, but right now Rodgers continues to be on the 53-man roster. I suspect he'll be placed on injured reserve at some point but they they just probably want to make the smartest decision possible to replace him, perhaps with one of those guys on the pup list, and and they probably want to see how they fare with a week of practice first, which they're allowed to do. So uh, the Packers really in, in no hurry to make a move there if they don't want to. As for the roster moves they made... Uh, The Dominoes started falling when they placed Quinton Rollins on injured reserve when he suffered an Achilles injury this past Sunday. Now, technically, he's able to return or eligible to return from injured reserve. The team can return two players, remember, per season. But with three offensive linemen already on injured reserve, those being Jason Spriggs, Don Barclay, and Kyle Murphy, plus the possibility of Aaron Rodgers returning, however remote that may be. We almost assuredly have seen the last of Quentin Rollins this season and perhaps the end of his Packers career. That's right. Um, It's been very disappointing to not see Rollins pan out. And it's his lack of speed more than anything I think that's killed him. I think it was Zach Cruz of the Packers Wire suggest on Twitter that Rollins has all of the effort and none of the speed, while it's the opposite with Demarius Randle, who has the speed but none of the effort, uh, or at least the requisite effort required in the NFL. If the, Pac- if the Packers... Let, we'll we'll say this. It, it's not like Rollins has offered nothing to the team. He actually made a huge tackle on a third down last week against the Cowboys uh, the week before. But, you know, things like that have not been enough to make up for his deficiencies in coverage, as that Nathan Yankee just went through in our interview. You know, what, what did he say, giving up 17 of 18 passes thrown in his direction this year? That's just not good enough, um, and it's unfortunate. Uh, Quentin Rollins seems like a nice guy, and you, you feel bad when when nice guys can't succeed athletically on the field, but it, it's just not happening. Whether or not the Packers going to try to give him one more season, at least invite him to training camp next year, uh, I don't know at this point. But, you know, they, they don't have to decide that now anyway. I mean, you could just sit on injured reserve for the time being, Uh, And he, you know, deserves that at the very least to to stick on the roster for the remainder of the season. Um, They can do that for him. Now, taking Rollins' spot on the 53-man roster was quarterback Joe Callahan, who was promoted from the practice squad. And as expected, the Packers stayed in-house at the quarterback position, at least at the number two quarterback position and Callahan will be active this week. Uh, I wouldn't expect that he'll play, but he'll be the backup. And, uh, you know, he'll basically be in the situation that Brett Hundley was last week. I, I heard it suggested or not even suggested reported somewhere. And I can't even remember who did. And I apologize who asked this question and I'm not able to give you proper credit, but, uh, uh I, I think I heard somewhere that Brett Hundley took seven snaps in practice last week uh with the number one with the first string offense. It, you know, that's that's how much time the backup gets. I'm sure it fluctuates from week to week. There will be weeks he gets more work than, than simply seven snaps. But I mean I, I think the point being that, you know, they're they're going to prepare the starter uh, who you expect to play? You, you know, 100% of the snaps. You know, 99% of the time, you you don't expect the backup or the starter to get injured. So you want to prepare the starter to play a full game, to go a full four quarters, and have enough plays in his arsenal that you're practicing them throughout the week and. And you want to take advantages of your strengths and and take advantage of your opponent's weaknesses and all those kind of things and it takes a full week to do that, so that's why the starter's getting so many reps in practice um but uh yeah, I mean Joe callahan we've seen him do okay in the preseason uh he runs well on the move uh I remember sitting here on the show and, and talking to Scott McKenna. Uh, you know, this was back during the preseason, I believe, and compared him to Doug Flutie type of player. And and I definitely think that's uh, uh, kind of apropos, uh, a comparison there. Uh, maybe definitely not as accomplished as Doug Flutie, but but that kind of player, a little bit of a smaller guy who plays well on the run, and uh, has a little bit of moxie to him, and, uh, you know, we'll see. Uh, We're not expecting to see him play anyway, Uh, but he will be the backup quarterback, and that's an important position on the roster. And then to round out the Packers' moves that they've made since Monday, they signed quarterback Gerard Evans to the practice squad, which as far as free agent quarterbacks go, I thought was a pretty good move. Evans originally signed with the Philadelphia Eagles as an undrafted free agent this past spring, but was actually placed on injured reserve after he suffered a foot injury during their rookie minicamp, which isn't all that dissimilar a story from Vince Beagle and what he did for the Packers. He's coming back, so um, you know uh, now Evans is on the cusp of returning. Well, he is returning. The Packers signed to their practice squad. Those of you regular listeners of Railbird Central might remember we had Matt Richner on the show in the run-up to the NFL draft to talk about quarterbacks. Uh, Richner is a consultant to NFL teams and actually interred with the Seattle Seahawks back when Mike Holmgren was their coach. Richner had a lot of nice things to say about Evans, and I pulled that segment to replay here now Uh, Now that the Packers have officially signed him, and I think this is the best analysis you're going to find on new Packers quarterback, Gerard Evans. Uh, Take a listen.
2: Yeah, Gerard Evans is a one-year starter uh, at Virginia Tech, and he's a guy that not a lot of people are talking about. And he's somebody that I think is kind of a a low-risk, high-reward kind of player being that his draft stock, he's not going to be a day one or even a day two guy. He'll definitely be a day three player. So there's not a ton of um, you're not using a ton of value on him. But he's a guy that he he had a fantastic year last year at Virginia Tech. He had a negative play rate of just 1.9. percent Now a negative play rate, uh, I take the number of sacks and interception a quarterback has, and I kind of just divide it by how many pass attempts. And in the NFL average by the week, guys, it's right around six percent uh, overall in the week. It's right around eight percent. Now, there's when you kind of look at it, some of the guys who have uh, play, negative play rates that go from college to NFL, like uh, Marcus Mariota, Jameis Winston. Usually, they'll bump up because you know college is a little easier than NFL, obviously. But a 1.9 percent negative play rate is extremely low. So the guy doesn't make a ton of mistakes, and he's able to have the athletic ability to kind of scramble around and make plays. So he's very accurate over different levels of field. He doesn't necessarily have a high or low range in terms of his completion percentage. He's very consistent throughout the kind of the short, intermediate, and long passes. He's a great third down passer. He completed 64.2% of his attempts uh, last year on third down. So a guy who's very consistent. A lot of teams just don't like it because he's a one-year wonder. Um, and here's a guy who played against you know took, uh, Virginia Tech to the ACC championship, and they played very well against uh, Clemson. Uh, so for me, I like Gerard Evans. I would probably take him over a, a handful of other guys in this year's draft class probably earlier than most teams. Um, he's an easy guy that I've uh, advocated to a number of NFL teams, but they should probably go back and relook at his film because I think they, I think he's a definitely a diamond in the rough kind of player.
0: There you go. That's what Matt Richner had to say about Gerard Evans, which was very complimentary, and I like it and like to see what the Packers can do with him. Uh, Maybe now that he's healthy and uh, not having to worry about that foot, maybe he'll end up being a good developmental prospect. We shall see. Uh, Moving on.
2: The day ahead.
0: Uh, Quarterback is getting all the attention, uh, but Wednesday is the day we find out what's happening at the other thin positions on the Packers roster. Those are the offensive line and in the secondary because the Packers released their first injury report of the week on Wednesday. And in any other week, we'd be up in arms about all the other names on the injury report. Uh, We're talking about starters like David Bakhtiari, who had the hamstring injury. Brian Balaga, who suffered a concussion. Lane Taylor, Morgan Burnett. Kevin King with a concussion, Devon House, and then we've got key backups like Ahmad Brooks and Joe Thomas uh, who are on the injury report. Uh, I'm assuming some of these players will be out and a couple others will play yet this weekend. Now, who exactly falls into which category we'll get a better idea of this afternoon when the Packers release their injury report. Uh so that's going on because I I mean there's there's you know that school of thought that you know it doesn't matter who the Packers trot out at quarterback whether it's Brett Hundley or Colin Kaepernick or Tony Romo or Joe Callahan or whoever you know if, if the Packers offensive line continues to be as banged up as it has been you know none of them are going to have success and it it's tough for me to you know, really argue with that uh, because, I mean, if it's if it's the offensive line the Packers ended the last game with, with uh, Justin McRae at left tackle and Ulrich John at right tackle, I, I mean, those guys are fringe NFL players and, you know, they, they wouldn't be on the Packers roster, you know, if everybody was healthy out there, or that at least they wouldn't be playing, I should say. You know, because uh, I mean, think about, you know, it's it's taking four tackles basically for to to get hurt for these guys to be out on the field. You know, David Bakhtiari, Brian Balaga, uh, Jason Spriggs, Kyle Murphy a- and Don Barkley, five tackles injured. It's taking for these guys to be out there, not to say they couldn't be practice squad material or something like that. Uh, But I mean, these, these are last ditch options and, and we have to imagine the options behind them, like Adam Pankey, uh, who's currently on the 53 man roster and the Packers haven't want to thrown him to the wolves yet, you know, could be an even worse option yet. Um, So it's not a good situation, you know, maybe somebody like Brian Balaga, uh, comes back and and gets over his concussion this week and is able to play on Sunday. Being a veteran, that that is a possibility there. Uh, I'm less optimistic about uh, David Bakhtiari who returned this past weekend, but you know, knowing that uh, if they give him this week off and then has the bye week, he basically is going to get three weeks off to hopefully fully recover from that hamstring injury, which they desperately need him to get over you know so they really only need to get by one game without him before you know the bye week happens and then they can focus basically the second half of the season on hopefully having him out there hopefully protecting the quarterback's blind side um but i mean that's just a hope i i don't know what the packers are thinking here uh what what's going on in their minds or the extent of these injuries Uh, But there's lots of them, and not just on the offensive line. Like we said, the secondary has been so banged up with, you know, Quentin Rollins just going on injured reserve. And we're hoping that Kevin King and Morgan Burnett on the cusp of return because without them and and Devon House, uh, they're pretty thin. And, and, you know, maybe you got to promote a guy like Demetri Goodson simply to get through this game because at the end of the last Packers game, they were running thin on cornerbacks too uh, when guys – uh, like, you know, Lindsey Pipkins had to come out of the game temporarily. Thankfully, he wasn't, you know, injured badly enough uh, to remain out. Uh, but it's it's that uh, they're in a situation, they're in a bind there uh, where they've got to get by with very few bodies in the secondary. So hopefully, keep your fingers crossed that we're going to see some progress on the injury report And finally, Mike McCarthy's Wednesday press conference will also be held at 1130 a.m. Central Time on Wednesday. It'll be streamed live at Packers.com. So you can look forward to that, and that'll do it for today's episode of Railbird Central. Thank you, everybody, so much for joining us today. Thank you to Nathan Yonke of Pro Football Focus for being our guest, as he does every Wednesday during the season. Railbird Central typically airs every Monday, Wednesday, Friday at 8.30 a.m. Central Time. That's a live edition of the show, podcasted and on demand later in the day. We'll see you later, folks. Uh, We'll be back two days from now uh, on Friday uh, to preview the Packers-Saints game a little bit more in depth. For the time being... I've got uh, a song called All Inside by Kyle Hollingsworth on Psy Fidelity Records. See you later. Go Pack Go.